Triborn and Travis Mawer. The first uh, one where we can actually talk about something that happened. Right. Jet lag edition. <laughs> the jet lag edition, yeah. We're going to try to keep Travis uh, awake on this episode. Yeah. It's been, um, I've been nothing but awake for the past like 60 some hours. I've probably slept like maybe six or seven of them. Oof. Well, I mean, you've you've done the Doha trip. I'm not looking forward to getting back on that train. <laughs> That's the worst. Well, and I'm the worst at sleeping on the road too. Like my mind just goes. I'm pretty bad at it. And and I knew it. So like the well the flight there was awesome. Um cuz traveling right now internationally is amazing cuz no one's on the flight. Oh, right. That's and true. And so the flight there was like maybe 30% full. You're like looking up at first class and there's these beds just laying there <laughs> with pillows and blankets folded yeah, on them. They're not giving those away yet, unfortunately. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> just for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but we, so we had like our own, uh, I had my own exit row all to myself. Oh, and then um, Adam Roberts, who I went to Doha with, he had a row all to himself. So what he did, he took uh, just a normal row. And because the exit rows, like the armrests don't come right. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he took a normal row so he could just lay down. But there's still like, even doing that for me, I think it would be pretty uncomfortable. Right. Because I'm like too big to actually lay down. Um, yeah, exactly. But so I, I, either way, like on the way back, I couldn't sleep. Um, but then the night before, so we played uh, a Russian team, the quarterfinal mm -hmm. at 9 p.m. So all of our matches were played between 3 p.m. and 11 Right, because uh, why did they do that? I, I thought it, I, I always thought it was because the heat, but um, you said it was and that's wasn't what, that hot. Yeah, that's what, I thought they were doing it because the heat too. Um, but it was cold. Like our match was fifty eight degrees. You know what's funny is that USA volleyball. Like, I mean, they know when we go to uh, hot events, they usually start training and telling us to get in the sauna and like get used to the heat, climatize. Yeah, but. And everyone's been talking. Everyone's been jumping in the sauna and like climatizing. Yeah, and no need. <laughs> it's like, cold. Swear. Yeah, it um, it's like exactly like California is right okay, now. Yeah, right. Is wow. If I had to compare the weather, weird. Um, and like it's like randomly windy, like California. Hmm. Um, but yeah. So our our match on Thursday night was at 9 p.m. Um, and then we were just gonna change our flights, and because changing flights is so easy now, mm -hmm. like it's it's free. Right. Um. And so our flights were leaving at, uh, we had to get to the airport at 4.30 the next morning. So we played at nine and like I was doing my best just to simulate like 9 p.m. to be like the morning. Mm -hmm. So like I napped till like four and then had like a couple cups of coffee, scoop a pre-workout before the, the match. And then our match was gnarly. We ended up losing, um, these Russian kids were really good. Like I was telling you earlier, they're, right. they're like back-to-back -back, uh, junior European world champs. They're just junior, solid volleyball players. The young Russian guys that come really good. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because they actually so we played a Polish team that had lost to them in the European uh, Championship Finals. Um, so we were we we're just playing like the world's best youth players, right? Which is pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, I was say because like Anders and Christian were playing in those like two years ago. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I know, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, so we were like jacked up from this match against the Russians, which we lost 15-12 uh, in the third. Mm -hmm. um, and then our match ended at like 10. We get back to the hotel like 11. And I was just like wired, like fully going. And so I just, I didn't sleep at all. And Adam tried to sleep. He woke up at like 2.30 and just disappeared. And he came back into the room at like 4.28. Don't know what he did. During that time, because we couldn't leave the hotel. You didn't ask him? <laughs> no, we, Adam, uh, 
you you kind of let Adam Skates do Adam beat. after uh, after you lose. Um, oh, okay, he, he, still, he still takes it pretty hard. Interesting. And he yeah. was like super hard on himself. So mm. like, I just kind of like let him. Dude, I can't even tell you thing. how many times I've walked around international hotels by myself. Yeah. Because I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And meanwhile, Trevor's just <laughs> through the night. I'm like, Jesus, this guy, yeah. he has no conscience. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I can't because especially like after after a win, I'm okay, but. I'm still like pretty wired and jacked right. up, but like I'm not replaying every point we lost. Like right. wondering like what could I have done, especially because we had like this gnarly point at twelve eleven in the third after we had and I put it on Instagram. We had battled back from down like four one nine six. We were on like a, the really bad side. So it was like twenty five mile an hour wind gusts, mm-hmm. and um, so like if you're on the bad side and you switch down two three, like you're like that's huge right um and so we were about to earn a point and we had a chance to win like six times we just couldn't do it and and we lost that one and it's I the just, worst when you get multiple blocks in a rally and you lose uh, it it's the worst most demoralizing and it killed me because when i so that i blocked i blocked it like pretty straight down and the guy covered it mm-hmm. um and his cover i could have swore it hit the antenna and and i was wondering why they didn't stop it um, and then I, like I watched the video and it like it's all over the antenna so like it should have been our point um, but you had to keep going but we, we had to keep going and then we had like four or five opportunities to put it away and like I had maybe two and the pressure like they kept putting the pressure on Adam mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. of the match and so I had like two pretty clear chances to option and to put it away and I just didn't yeah so I was like why didn't you just hit the ball well it's like I'm replaying you would have hit it in the net or he would have dug it you right. would like I could have just set my partner. <laughs> so we always, but that's like what I'm replaying instead of For sleeping. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so I just like ended up like reading and writing and doing whatever till 4.30. We had a 14 hour flight. And you're thinking the whole time, you're like, well, at least I'll sleep a ton on the flight and I'll be somewhat getting a head start and getting back on LA right. time. Exactly. And then. <laughs> I can't sleep on planes. And <laughs> you didn't sleep on the plane yeah. either. That's bad. And then so it's a 14 hour flight. Doha to Philly mm-hmm. and then uh, Philly was like a two-hour flight to Detroit Detroit was 450 right to LA and at that point like I could have slept you could put me anywhere and I'd have fallen asleep yeah but I was like well now I can't sleep because I'm so close to right being yeah in bed. <laughs> exactly and you want to be back on Cali time so you want to stay right. up till nine o'clock yeah or so so i i fought it pretty hard and then delaney picked me up and then pretty much as soon as we walked into this house which i barely even recognized like i was <laughs> gone for longer than we had moved here like right. i was gone and i woke up at like five this morning um which was not bad it was longer than i thought that i would make it because five this morning is like in the afternoon in, in doha right so oh and then and i'm leaving tomorrow for salt lake city to Dude, do a yeah. clinic yeah that's intense <laughs> Well, you're you're back on you're on back on tour. You're the first person on tour. Yeah. It seems like. Um, why don't you explain to people what exactly it was? Because I don't think a lot of people realize. First of all, a lot of our fans don't understand what the hell is going on. Yeah. With our schedules, but that there was that there's two Doha events going on right now. Yeah. And maybe where it is because you just looked at a map earlier where you said <laughs> you were trying to figure out where the hell you <laughs> yeah. just were in the world. Yeah. So. Doha, so basically the event that we were was a guinea pig event mm-hmm. for the upcoming four star, um, which there was just a country quota for. Um, so the four stars there every year and you've mm-hmm. done it what, like four times. Yeah. 
Um, and Doha is like a really cool city, which I wish I could have like gotten out and, and seen it's, more of. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but it so it's like right next to Saudi Arabia, and it's like teeny tiny. It's basically in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It's like fully surrounded by Saudi Arabia, and then the Arabic Sea, I believe. Yeah. It's like you know how, um, or the I think the Persian Gulf. Oh, Persian Gulf. And okay. So you know how uh, like DC is in Maryland. Exactly. Like that's the, the how I describe what. Qatar is to Saudi Arabia. Right. It's just like this little pinprick in the middle of a huge yeah, country. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it was a one star. And one cool thing about one star is some people were wondering why Sharif Samba and Ahmed Tijan, like maybe the 13th ranked team in the world, why they're playing in a one star. Right. Um, well, one stars are like AVP next. Like you can't lose points playing in a one star. And the host country can pretty much do whatever they want. Right. So Anders and Christian and Hendrik and Matthias always play in the Oslo one star in Norway because mm-hmm. you're not going to lose points. And it's it behooves the, the promoter to have their best teams playing in it. And so there's no otherwise there's no really incentive to go to a one star. Right. So so they're like Sharif and Ahmed are allowed to compete because it'll be it'll bring more viewership or in the case of where you could have fans. Which right. There were no fans because they're a there, are they main draw for the four star? Yeah, yeah, and um, and they also get four main draw wild cards. So half of the main draw. Yeah, and Tell me these about are it. small draws. So there's oh, a. Wait, did they get that for the four star as well, or was it only two? I think two? it's two. Okay, yeah. I think it's two for the four star and four for the one. Um, right. So half the main draw was these Qatari teams, and they just like which. Sharif and Ahmed are the only beach team in Qatar. So the other four, they just pulled off the indoor national team. That was like in an elevator. They're the only beach team? Yeah. Wow. Which, it's really interesting. So, like, Sharif and Ahmed are not Qatari citizens. Right. None of the players are. Sharif is from Senegal, Mm -hmm. and Ahmed's from uh, Gambia. Yeah, and their players a few years back were from Brazil. Yeah. So and Jeff yeah Jefferson the and, guy who and they almost had Dahlhauser Lucena, which is so funny. Yeah, dude, I didn't know that story. Yeah, until I was sitting at dinner with uh, Sharif and he was telling me about it. Oh really? You didn't know that? No, I thought we had brought that up on here. <laughs> Maybe we haven't. I forgot. Yeah. Can you give the listeners the rundown of that? Yeah. So, <laughs> basically, Phil and Nick—they're just you know Florida guys playing, trying to figure out a way to get on to make a living playing beach volleyball and they were killing it in Florida. So they went and they started playing AVPs and were succeeding there. And they saw that the top teams were playing on the world tour and they're like, oh, we want to play on the world tour. Um, but it's going to be really hard because, and they, they weren't like, I don't think they had won events yet. They weren't yeah. like winning AVPs and Phil didn't know who he was uh, or what he was capable of. And, and so someone offered them, hey, you guys can come play for Qatar. <laughs> Like, well, you know, what I don't know what the situation is with passports, but they're like, yeah, you guys can be our team, so you don't have to play for the U.S., you don't have to compete against the Americans. And Phil and Nick were like, sure, let's go. Yeah. And they fully got ready, went, they, I believe they went to the airport, and then something happened with the tickets where, like, That's what- they lost it, or like, I don't even think the tickets got messed up. I think they messed up. Like we're too late. said that they got there and the no one had bought the tickets. Oh, there were f- there were just no tickets for them at the airport. Oh, they were waiting for them. Yeah, 
And so Sharif right. says every time he sees Nick now, he's like, you should have been my defender. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's so funny. So so there was no tickets for them. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine if there was just <laughs> tickets for them. No, but they would. So that'd be so bad for American volleyball because yeah. Phil ended up winning the Olympics within that quad. Yeah. So there would have been no Dahlhauser Rogers on the world tour. They wouldn't have won the Olympics. We wouldn't have had any Olympic medalist teams in the last 20 years yeah. or since Karch and them. Yeah. Or one, uh, Dane. Who won? Oh, Dane. Dane and Fernand. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry, Dane and <laughs> 2000, they yeah. won, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the last 20 years, we wouldn't have had anyone. Yeah. If they would have just bailed. Because it would have taken, and then they would have had to take two years off just to get back on the American tour. Right. So none of their, like, the Dahlhauser Rogers record-breaking streaks, the stuff they did on the world tour would have happened. Yeah. If someone would have just bought those tickets. <laughs> I know. Maybe they'd still be playing over there. Dude, I was cracking up when he was telling me that. Isn't that funny? But, yeah, so they, like, Sharif and I met, like, they have it pretty good. So the Qatar Federation pays for all of their travel and everything when they go play events, and then they're on basically, like, a stipend. Um, and so I think that, as, like, as long as they're volleyball players, they're just kind of, like, Dude, living. Dude, that place is floating on money, so... It, I think they do pretty it well. It is incredible. I was talking to one of the cool things about the event was that like you know how like world tour events are like you're there with these people but you don't really get to know most of them. Yeah, for the sure. People are always doing their separate things, but we were in this bubble, right? So we were allowed to go from. And you're a pretty social guy. Yeah, and and I'm <laughs> I'm just curious about like people's backgrounds. Right. And stuff. Exactly. And yeah. So like we were in this bubble, like hotel. Um, you were only allowed to eat at certain times mm -hmm. and then you were only allowed to use the gym at certain times. And like then, they were blocked off for a certain amount of people. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you could go like hotel, bus. Were there only site. the, was it only the tournament in that hotel or was there so, other people? So what, the hotel was uh, four different towers mm. and so they used our tower for just the volley the bubble. Yeah, so we just had one one elevator, and they put us on uh, two floors. Wow, um, interesting. Yeah, so they had all the rooms on floor 34 and 36 in Tower 4. And so the, the gym was open from 9 to 12. Um, and then they would take like an hour to disinfect it and then let the other people uh. Uh, at the hotel use it. Right. Um, and then like we were the only people allowed in the restaurant. Um, at that in your eating yeah, block or whatever. Like the eating block and then uh, the actual tournament site. Like obviously we were playing at, we weren't on the natural beach, which is called Katara, right. which you played a few times. We were playing at this place called Al Garafa, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, it is. The sand is like probably as deep as Hermosa, well, I think. And the surrounding area, it's not just beach volleyball. Like there's the complex is built yeah. just for beach volleyball, like four pristine sand courts pretty deep like yeah. nice sand and then a stadium beach volleyball like stadium, cool stadium permanent and then if you go walk around the complex which is huge you'll find like a sock like a, a astroturf soccer stadium like yeah. all these sports They're olympic like basketball and they're all empty there. all the time yeah and it's like dude everything is just pristine conditions yeah it's been built and then just it sits there yeah. Just because they can build stuff for basically yeah. free out there. So I guess one of the guys was telling me um, who, so he's from Tunisia mm -hmm. and got recruited to play on Qatar's indoor team. 
um, you told me that like in 2000, that basically Qatar just wanted to put itself on the map mm-hmm. as like a, a city, right? Or, you know, as as a like a up and coming country. Exactly. And, like the best way to do that is through sports, and uh-huh. so the best way to attract like sporting attention is to build like a pre industrial city with great facilities. Right. And so now we exactly. see them like they have beautiful facilities. That's why they're real. pushing so hard for World Cup, which was supposed to be so 2022. They have is that World happening still? Yeah. No, maybe, yeah. I mean, if so, Olympics like is happening. Yeah, so the World Cup is in 2022 and uh-huh. it's still happening. And okay. they've had to battle like a bunch of human rights stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Because Qatar's got some like gnarly things they, going on there. The majority of people in the country are immigrants who have come in to work and basically build things for right. the locals. Yeah. Right. And then, I, I don't know. I don't know much. I hear stories, but it's cra- that yeah. it's crazy. So there's like... You, I don't like know a ton about it, but there's just a bunch of humanitarian stuff right. that people are up in arms about. And then obviously, like we were talking earlier about the Germans, Carla Borger and right. Julia Sud, who mm-hmm. were um, protesting the event because um, it's a little oppressive towards women. Um, so they're saying you can't right. wear bikinis. Well, yeah, because in Qatar, it's or in the Middle East in general, like yeah. women are still supposed to cover up their hair indoors and like yeah the very the more um i don't know what you call it radical religious people um are fully wearing like ninja you know like you can only see their eyes yeah Yeah. um it was interesting though because like and that's why this is one of the reasons i love traveling so much is that it just breaks down so many prejudices and just kind of like stereotypes right and like opens your and people, perspective i saw on people everything. walking around in just like normal clothes right you know it's totally. it's not like like guitar's like doha's a normal city yeah and you know, it, it's just a beautiful one it's really beautiful <laughs> because all the like architecture and stuff is like it's so new it's it's all new and i feel like cities over there actually took city planning in uh really and my degree is in policy planning and development and SC. I don't know that much about it but <laughs> I know that I learned a lot because like a really old city like let's say Philadelphia or something it's been built and their vision from the beginning was to build this little city right yeah and then it keeps growing on top of itself and by the time it expands it, it doesn't make sense because the plans keep changing and mm-hmm. like but then you build a city within 20 years in the 2000s like in this millennium yeah everything makes sense the streets are are all linked up perfectly and like it works with traffic and the roundabouts and the buildings and it's you drive around there and you're like something does feel different like i just like you go straight to where you need to i don't know you know there's nothing that doesn't make sense there yeah and the cool thing what i was telling delaney is that all the buildings like none of them fit like a cookie cutter mode so if you look at like the building like they're all really different Chicago, Baltimore, like all of our old school cities that were built like a long, long time ago, right. like Industrial Revolution, they just like stacked the same exact buildings all over right, the place. Yep. But all of these, it's kind of like Vegas, where like every building in Doha is like different and unique. I feel like I feel like the people who are building buildings are like, okay, like what can I come up with? Yeah. What? Well, how can I put my staple on this? Yeah. You know? And there's so many like the one with, there's a giant silver ball just like pressed in between <laughs> yeah. two buildings or like two parts of it like yeah who thought about that just putting a giant 
like ornament yeah. in the middle of it's like it. Like the Viking Stadium. Like sports stadiums are now becoming right. like people's signature architectural exactly. touches. But it's like everyone that builds a building out there gets yeah. to do that. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. It was fun to be around. It's cool. Um, which it was a bummer that we couldn't explore more, but the bus ride from the hotel to the site was like half hour. So we got to kind of see a fair amount of that stuff. Right. Um, yeah, but let's check it out. Yeah, so we got there. Well, getting there was a process. So I started telling you before we went on the record yeah. about how um, like everything that could have gone wrong leading up to this trip went like catastrophically wrong. <laughs> So, oh. so when we start the tournament, um, we are in the main draw. Um, we're the last seed in the main draw because Qatar's hogged up f- half the spots with their four own, wild yeah. cards and Sharif and Ahmed. Um, so we, we sneak in, and then um, two days later, we're bumped out. And I, I don't know how. Like, not only were we bumped out, we went down to the third seat in the qualifier. They just sent us an email. They were like, hey, we recalculated your points, and this is where you are now. Wow. And so I replied, and I was like, well, how did you get this number? Right. And I, I copied Sean Scott and Phil Noyes at USA, and yeah. I was like, do you know how they got this number? And they're like, per the email, they recalculated your points. I was like, well, I know that, guys. That's what Sean said? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And that's like... That is the Seanest like, answer I've ever heard. It's like, I'm just trying to figure out how this they got this number. But... So we're put into this qualifier, which at the time was like loaded. Like Igor Velichko was in the qualifier. And like that dude's won like four four stars. Dang, yeah. And I was like, damn, like this is going to be a long trip to play that guy in a single elimination. How was he in there? I think he's probably playing, he was playing with a young guy with no points. Oh, wow. Um, but so we're, we get moved back into qualifier. And I fly into Florida uh, to train with Adam, mm-hmm. uh, who's been he's been living in Florida uh, and training there. So I get there on Friday, and we just do like a light serve and pass with Andy Benish, and then we go play a warm up tournament on Saturday. And it's like rainy and windy and just like kind of miserable. And Adam takes a warm up jump, and he like kind of pauses and looks at me. He's like, uh, "I'm done." <laughs> like. All right, he's like, yeah, my, my calf like tweaked out and I'm done. I was like, okay, um, cool. Like, what do take, you mean you're done? For the day off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he was like, he explained to me that he had like done it maybe a couple of weeks before, and but he tried to push it and he like was out for um, like a full week, like couldn't really walk or mm-hmm. do anything. And so he's like, I'm not pushing it. Um, I'll be fine to go by Monday. And I was like, yeah, like no need to push it through this tournament. Like it's raining, wet, and right. miserable. For sure. Um, so we're sitting out. So we sit out Saturday, um, and then we go to train Monday. And he's like, uh, just an update. Like, calf's not feeling as good as I thought it would be. Like, I'm not gonna be able to train uh, till at the earliest Saturday. And at the time, the qualifier was scheduled to play on Monday. And so I was like, all right, well that gives us like one day in Doha to train. Right in this gnarly qualifier that has like some really good players in it. Um, and we're traveling halfway across the world. We're going to be like jet lagged to hell already. And, um, so I was like, all right, well, if you're feeling good, like we're okay. But then, so on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we're set to leave. And the FIVB calls me when I'm at practice and they said that your visas are delayed. Uh, we still haven't gotten them. Um, so, 
you guys can't come in until uh, you can't leave until Friday to get in Saturday. I was like, all right, well, if we get there Saturday, we still we have to take a COVID test upon arrival and we can't leave the hotel until we get our results back. Right. Which means that we might not be able to practice at all with this qualifier. Oh. And who knows how Adam's going to be feeling coming off like a 14 hour flight, which is not good for the body. No. <laughs> and so I was like, I called Delaney. I was like, you know, sometimes like it's, you wonder if like you have enough signs in front of you. It's right. like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of signs here saying like, maybe this isn't a good idea to go. Right. And uh, she was like, well, and I called, I texted like you, Delaney and Jordan Chang, mm-hmm. like my volleyball executive board. Yeah. Like texted all of you guys. I was like, Adam's hurt. Like our visas are delayed. Um, and we might not be able to practice one time before this qualifier. Am I crazy or is this a sign? <laughs> yeah. And you were, you were funny. You were like, well, Doha's hot. You just got to warm up. It's like, all right, so like, we got that going for you us. You know how many times I've played injured? <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell Adam to get off his ass. Yeah. Get out there. It's funny because like Adam's 45 and hasn't been hurt like in his whole life. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then Delaney was like, well, um, well, this is like what you've been training for. Mm. She was like, would you rather play like another kind of like rinky dink like tournament in florida that no one cares about or would you write like there's nothing else on the schedule yeah like worse that happens is you, know, you go you guys lose and you come back but at least you went right and like would you have more fun in florida probably not <laughs> yeah you've been there been there done and that and then uh jordan chang was like well, what do you have to lose like you can't lose points in this one star and playing with adam is like financially advantageous because like he takes care of the players really well mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, all right. I mean, if Adam thinks he can go, like, let's go. Yeah, for sure. So we get a call from the FIVB. Our visas are good. Um, we get there on Saturday. So we get to the airport, and um, there's no one there to pick us up. How's it? Try here. Just want to take a quick commercial break to let you know about a new game called CrossNet. CrossNet is the f- world's first four-square volleyball game. So instead of there being two sides of the net, there's four sides to the net, and it X's in the middle. Uh, It's a really fun game, and I joined the CrossNet team late last year, and I've been having a lot of fun with it with my buddies out in Hawaii and also here in California. Uh, I've been playing with other pros as well, like Casey Patterson and the Crab Brothers, Uh, but it's not just for pros. It's actually great for all skill levels. In fact, CrossNet is being played in over 10,000 schools to help teach the game of volleyball, so it really is for anybody, and I highly recommend it. CrossNet is now available in Walmart, Dick's, Shields, Academy Sports, and pretty much every other major retailer, so you shouldn't have a problem getting it. Or you can just head to CrossNetGame.com to pick up a net and make sure to use code SANDCAST for $25 off your order. All right, back to the action. You guys know the drill. Wilson Volleyball is our number one sponsor. We love them to death, and we would love it if you guys loaded up on some preseason Wilson Volleyballs because guess what? It's February, and we're thinking that there's going to be a season this year. So with that said, beaches are opening back up. It's time to get some more Wilson Volleyballs at 20% off using our discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, so you can get the best beach volleyballs in the game. I think I saw the German Beach Volleyball League using Wilson Volleyballs, so they're infiltrating Europe. All right, the whole world is starting to realize that no one makes a better ball than Wilson. So get a 20% discount using Sandcast-20 and load up on some new Wilson volleyballs today. And now, back to the show. 
<laughs> so you can't the way that it works i guess you like if you're doing a private quarantine which you're not no longer allowed to do um or at least on february 15th they made it that you can't do that but we kind of had an exception because they issued our visas before right um so but you need your driver to literally usher you out of the airport so then the security knows that you're actually going to where you need to go mm-hmm. and you're not just wandering around the country oh like the driver has to walk in and get you yeah oh. so our driver didn't know that so he was like sitting outside to pick us up but we were sitting inside and couldn't get to him oh shit. So we just sat there for like three hours and we were just like calling the fio he's sitting out there <laughs> yeah. and the the guy was super apologetic when he came and he was like sorry like I guess some of the security at the airport's more strict with it than others. And so when uh, the Polish team got there, they just like rolled on out. And they're like, yeah, oh, like, we're getting picked up. And so we got there and the security guy was like, no, 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 like we need to see a driver. So it was kind of hit and miss with whatever security guy you got. Yeah. So random. Yeah. So we get there and, and the airport's like, yeah, you'll get your, so you, we get tested upon arrival mm-hmm. and the airport says you'll get your results back within like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get them back within. It's so like we, a nose swab. Yeah, it was, it was a mouth and nose. Yeah. Um, super easy. And um, we get to the hotel, and uh, we were we didn't get our results back for 26 hours. So we were just sitting there, like, couldn't go out, couldn't do anything. The hotel staff was awesome, though. Like, they delivered food um, pretty much whenever you we You can't leave them. your room? Mm-mm. Oh, how's that for 24 hours? Oh, my God. We watched God. a lot of movies. We found, like, the one channel that had... Uh, you worked English out English movies. I had a band. I had a couple bands, so I got a workout in. We watched uh, Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Two Jump Street, <laughs> Twenty uh, all the way Jumanji, to 20, <laughs> 27 Jump Street, <laughs> all, all the way to Forty Jump Street. <laughs> we watched a lot of movies. Jumanji, Jumanji, the new one. That's a good one. Yeah, it was like great. That. I like that one. Um, That's funny. Yes, yeah, so we got our results at like uh, so we when we landed it was like seven o'clock. We got our results back at eight p.m. the next night. Um, and then the tournament director was like, do you guys want to train? And we were like, absolutely. We would love to. Right. So we get out there. We were like little kids just like running around and hollering and whooping. Yeah. And so Adam like tests his calf out and it's feeling fine. Um, and then the next day we trained with uh, these Russians that Adam actually lived with one of them in St. Petersburg for a couple weeks. Interesting. And they, I guess like his name was uh, Dan Kavichka. And he won a one star in Slovenia like two years ago. Um, but he had stayed with Adam for two months in Myrtle. Um, so we trained with them and it was great. And then that day we got bumped, kind of bumped into, back into main draw. So now we got momentum going the other direction. Right. Because now team, a bunch of teams are starting to drop out. Because mm-hmm. um, like traveling is not easy right now. Um, for sure. So like all, just like all the hoops that we had to jump through. Because you have to take a COVID test. Oh man, I didn't even <laughs> go through this circus. You have to take a COVID test no more than three days before you uh, are supposed to arrive. Right. So, in which in, in our case is kind of tricky timing wise. Right, because there's a 12 hour time change. Right. So or 11 hour. Yeah. So you basically have to take it either the, the day you're flying or the day before. Right. So we had an appointment with this place the day before we were flying, but the, when we got there, the power went out at okay. an urgent care, and so they need power to like do the test. Right. And so they're like, all right, well, you can go up to this place 15 minutes down the road. They have them there. Well, they didn't have rapid PCR tests. Oh, God. And it needed to be a PCR test. So we were like, all right, well, do you know anywhere else we can go? He said, yeah, you can go to this place down the road. So we were like, another half hour down the road, and they had just run out. They're out of PCR tests. And they sent us to another place 
Oh God. And they said, we're also out. Um, but there are two left over at this location half an hour down the road. So you went to five places? Yeah. And we, oh, so we finally got um, our, our test at the fifth location. Beach volleyball is hard enough when <laughs> you're not in the pandemic. <laughs> oh, so brutal. So I was not shocked at all when I saw like 15 teams drop out in the matter of like three days. Really? That many? It was a lot. So when we signed up, it was like full qualifier with mm -hmm. like 20 teams on the reserve list. And we got bumped into main draw because two teams in main draw dropped out, which put us as the number one seed in the qualifier. And then so many teams dropped out of the qualifier and reserve list that there were only seven teams in the qualifier, which means that the one seed, we didn't have anyone to play. Mm -hmm. So we got bumped. We had a double buy, basically. It's the way it looked on the bracket. Wow. So we were back in main draw. That's epic. Yeah. So it was, it was insane. Just, and so by the time that we were actually competing, we were like, the hard stuff is over. Like this right. is, now it's like playing volleyball is just a vacation. Were you sleeping in by the time you that competition came around? Yeah, nice. yeah. So I I adjusted pretty fast actually, because um, I like slept okay on the plane, like mm -hmm. napped a little bit here and there, and then I just took like a ton of melatonin on night one and, and knocked out. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I'm, so it was, I'm terrible at that. So it was I'm an up, adventure. I'm up at like four a.m. That's how I was in two a.m. China was was brutal because like Mike Bogue, that dude sleeps like a champ. Yeah, and he was like sleeping until skill. nine a.m. on the first night, and I was up at three. Oh yeah, you're like and I've been up for six. I've been up for an entire day already. <laughs> yeah. I've watched three movies. Yeah, and Bogue is like, man, that jet lag's not much, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you gotta be kidding me, Bogey. Bogey, it's a talent. Yeah, <laughs> but not I don't totally. have it. But yeah, so I was pretty well adjusted. Trevor's um, pretty good at it. I'm not good. At it's it. it's enviable, right? So for sure. yeah, so just like it's a new landscape playing tournaments. Because it was funny because like the last time me and Adam had played in a tournament was the second to last event the FIVB had put on, which was the one star in the Cook Islands. Oh right. And, and in retrospect, it was so easy. We what was the last one they put on? Doha. Oh right, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I was there. So it's been almost a year. <laughs> Um, yep. But yeah, so we, uh, it'll be a funny 2020 beach volleyball trivia question that me and Adam were the only American men's team to win a medal <laughs> that year. Oh, in Cook? In <laughs> yeah. Cook Islands. Cook Island. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow. Which is really That's a claim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You so, went, or, yeah, go ahead. Um, but yeah, so like that event in retrospect was so easy. We signed up, we were in the main draw, we bought a flight, and we were there and we played. This event was so different. Dude, it's going to be nice when, like, tours happening again. This year's going to be a crapshoot because, like, as of now, it sounds like the only events that are going to be confirmed are the ones that are next, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Doha's confirmed right now, and that's it, basically. Yeah. And then the, there's, like, ideas of stuff like, oh, maybe we'll do this in April. Yeah. These ones are scheduled for May, but we can't confirm so it's like that i feel like yeah. that's how this year is going to be yeah and then it's like who can actually get to the event because you you said close to 15 teams you think dropped out of this one star yeah what probably you, more what would you expect for this four star i'm very interested because i'm well, it, it's going to be crazy if more than two teams drop out i think it's different the main for draw. four star right because it's 
like Olympic teams, this might be their only event. Right. But they, but what if have. there's visa problems and like traveling problems? Oh, you know, there could be. Um, I, I would I would put the over under. So four stars are obviously yeah. What's the over much, under? Much bigger scale. Yeah. So I mean, people are trying much harder to get to these events. Yeah. But there's what like twenty four teams main draw, thirty two in in the quali. Yeah. Which puts it at uh, fifty six teams total, one hundred and twelve athletes times two because the women are playing. Right. So we're at two hundred and twenty four athletes. I mean, the the one star was like thirty two athletes. So like, the scale is way different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I would be surprised if I'd say seven teams. Seven total teams per four, gender. Fourteen athletes will probably drop out. Seven per gender. Yeah, that would be my over under. And how many of those will be main draw? <laughs> um, maybe a handful. I I'd go like maybe two main draw, and the rest would be out of the quality. Two's the uh, the over under. Yeah, for the main draw team. The, the reason I'm so interested is because we were the two seed in the qualifier. Yeah. So if if I if this tournament starts and I have main draw points, I'm not I mean, gonna be happy. <laughs> no. So no teams will drop out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That would suck. I was talking to Sean Scott about it, and he's, I mean, like we, you said before, he's by the book. He doesn't even blink. He's just, well, the, this is what the system says, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, you're telling me, cause, because, like we talked about last on last week's episode, we lost our country quota match because we were in the qualifier, right. had to play a one-off against Cam and Theo. But we were the two-seed in the qualifier, and if two teams drop out of the main draw, then we'd just you be automatic be main draw. But Sean Scott has already pulled because of the U.S.'s system, and this is only the U.S. does this. Well, not only this, but every every national governing body has the choice mm-hmm. to do it however they want. Um, U.S. has already pulled us out of the tournament. So by the turn- time the tournament starts, we could be in the main draw, and we shouldn't have had to play in the qualifier right. or the quota. And I was explaining that to him. I'm like, you're telling me I could be main draw in this tournament and I'm not going to be there? You won't let us go. <laughs> and you won't let us go? And he's like, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Oh, and I'm just like. It's so cold. It is what it is. I mean, I knew, I know the system. Like, we right. all know what it is. But in this circumstances where we're the only team, you know, one of three teams that are trying to qualify for the U.S., that are able to qualify. Right. It's cold. And I was talking to, uh, you know who's fired up for you guys is Casey Patterson. Yeah, there's a lot of people fired up. Um, and I'm like, ugh, I, I can't hear it. I'm, too, I'm yeah, too biased here. It's, it's a, you're in such a tough spot. Cause I like, can't complain. What am I going to be like? Oh, you should have changed the rules for me. You know? Yeah. And it, it, well, it sucks because like, I mean, Cam and Theo are not the four seed in that country quota. Right, exactly. It, it's know, a, if if we play, we draw Cam and Theo, first of all, you know, an Olympian and yeah. a guy who's really all, really close in the running yeah. for the last Olympics um, until he got dropped for Phil Dahlhauser. Uh, they're the four seed instead of the two or three seed. Yeah. And then we end up being main draw. And we're still not it. That's like wow. That this deck is stacked a, against us, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, and because I was talking to Casey, and he was like, "They should absolutely have excluded you guys from the country quota because, like, you're the 11th ranked team in the world, 
and you're one of three teams with an Olympic, a, a genuine Olympic shot. And yeah. your team, I mean, like like I said, I don't like talking about it, but like they know that I broke my hand, and that's the reason that our right. entry points are bad right now. Yeah. And that I went overseas anyway to play left-handed. Yeah. Just to get some Olympic points for the team when I, right. When my wife's giving birth that week, <laughs> I and I went anyway to play left-handed, <laughs> and it actually that it got us more Olympic points, but it screwed us in entry points going right. to that tournament. Which so if I so hadn't brutal. gone overseas, and I did not want to go on that trip, we would be main draw already. Yeah. Well, I think the the whole point system I think needs to be overhauled. Yeah, I, I I think four of six is just dumb. It is. I mean, the, I, you could be the number one team in the world, and and a month later, you know, you're eighteenth. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, Sponsor and Clays, and they're the seventh ranked team in the world, but they're like buried in the qualifier. Right. Because of their entry points, like you're it, you're de-incentivizing teams to play. Like I think the Olympic point system is great. Right. Play as many events as you possibly can. Like I, I don't understand why that's not more. And you just take an you aggregate. Keep your best twelve. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And cause well, I mean, but it, it doesn't have to be two years. Make it a make it a three hundred sixty-five day window. Three hundred sixty-five days exactly. I, I don't know why why you do four of six because now you got you know billion staffer. For example, like they have their ninth place finish at World Champs. I'm trying to think because it used to be different. It used to be six of eight. Okay. When me and Hayden were playing. Because now. And then they switched it, but I'm wondering why. I, I don't understand the reasoning for it. Because um, like Billy and Stafford, for example, like. I think had their, teams were just hanging on to finishes so long. Yeah. Like it could be like a year later, and they like weren't you playing. Just get like one fluky finish, and they're just hanging on to it. Right. Exactly. I, like, like well, I, right now also. All these, t- every team is hanging on to their world champs finishes. Right. And me and Trevor aren't. We, we dropped that, out, which is, right? we yeah. had a huge one. We had like a thousand points or something. Yeah. Uh, so the next event that comes along, a bunch of those teams will have dropped their world champs finish and we're going to be main draw. <laughs> According to Ed Keller calculations, and yeah. he's my most reliable source. I didn't even, like, he's, isn't that, isn't yeah. that funny? It is funny. Because we're only, we're 50 points from the main draw. Like, legitimately one swing, and I know which swing it was. Which one? It was my swing in Stad. I had match points swing, against, and I hit a damn high uh, line against Pedlo. Right. It was Pedlo? It wasn't... Uh, Pedlo O'Gorman. and... Wait. I thought it was O'Gorman Sorry. and Ben. I'm used to Pedlo O'Gorman. <laughs> it was Ben and Grant, yes. Okay. Saxton and O'Gorman. Okay. Yeah. That's so brutal. that one hurts. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I think the point system should be overhauled. Because I hate when it gets, it's, it's your job as a beach volleyball player representing the United States to go represent the United States. But then you have like guys like, uh, I'll just use Billy and Stafford's example. They dropped their ninth place. They have their ninth place finish at World Champs. They're hanging on to it, going into Doha last year. And they go play Doha, lose their World Champs finish, and that knocked them so far down. I think it like put them off the stipend. And Stafford was fired up about it, and he was like, "It's literally our job to play volleyball, but we are, we just lost so much money by playing volleyball." Right. Yeah. Which is it's so backwards. Um, I I just like just total three hundred sixty five day like play as many events as you want, and you get rewarded for going. Build what are, your points. What are your thoughts on 
So a lot of countries get to choose, right? So like Brazil, for example, if, I mean, any, any federation can literally say, these are our teams and we're sending them. Yeah. We don't care what, obviously to get in the tournament, they need a certain amount of points and whatever. But if, if Brazil has an old player like Ricardo comes in, he has a bunch of points, but there's a young guy, Brazil can say, Ricardo, you're out. Yeah. We're bringing this young guy because it's what's best for the national team. Our, we're trying to get medals. Right. You're old. Uh, what they usually do is they take that veteran, Ricardo, and say, hey, you're playing with this young guy yeah. because we want you to teach him and bring him up. Right. But they have and can just say, you're out. Like, we're trying to build this national. It's like a right. professional sports team. Yeah. Right? Sorry, you're not valuable anymore. Yeah. You're, you're out. And that's been a discussion um, at times that the players have fought really hard against. Um, I know like Carrie and them were really like, we got to make sure, like I think they told me when we were younger, like we, we have to fight to make sure that we always have the power and, you know, don't yeah. let the national team do that like how it used to be yeah. or how like Brazil is or these other European countries. But I don't know. I mean, I kind of, if I work for USA Volleyball and I am on the board of directors now, I'm like, if our job is to get medals, like, what's the best way to possibly do that? Right. You pick the best athletes who are matched up best and have the best opportunity and you put them on the best path to doing that. Yeah. Instead of like, scrap it out, guys, which right. is great. You do want your athletes to scrap it out to see, you know, cream rises to the top. Yeah. But you're also making it so much harder <laughs> for people at times when it just doesn't have to be. Right. Like you're making your people fight against each other and they're draining each other a bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, all year long, we're all just fighting against Americans. Right. That's really all it's about. And, every, yeah. and then half the quad, two years of it, we're fighting against each other like 100%. We, like, we do not want each other to win right. at all. You don't want to lose the Olympic spot. You don't want to lose your health insurance. Yeah for your wife, your kids, like right. everything, like everything's incentivized to fight against each other rather than me or Jake Gibb. The, I mean, we've talked about it before. Yeah. One, one of the greatest blockers of all time, probably top, let's say top, for sure top five American blockers ever, top three maybe, to like go to a young guy and be like, hey man, I played this team a million times. Here's what what's working, like let's, Let's go. Go right. USA. Right. I'm going to hope I want you to win. Yeah. Like you're up and coming. It's great. Or or anytime. Like let's all help each other. And I think other countries do do that. Like Netherlands and Brazil, I don't know. I mean all I'm not sure how they do it, but a lot I think a lot of European countries are like that and Yeah. An argue, argument could be made there. Yeah. It's I think uh I've seen it work and I was I've also seen this work terribly mm-hmm. so the German Federation for example um, I was when I was staying in Florida I stayed at uh, Adams for a little bit and it's like a beach volley house and there's this uh, this Polish player they, they named uh, Ola Wachowicz mm-hmm. and so she was saying that uh, this German team Sinja Tillman and her partner um, Germany just wouldn't sign them up for tournaments like they go to register and Germany would block them and say, no, we're using this spot for other teams that have more potential. Right. And 
so they this German team that was getting blocked won the German championships and then got second at European championships. Mm. And they sued the German Federation for blocking them from, from being able to perform their jobs, and they won. Um, Interesting. It's funny because Ola is currently being blocked by the Polish Federation for the same thing. Because they're saying, no, we want these young kids to come up right. and basically take your spot. Interesting. And so I look at, at USA and... You know, as much crap as, as we can give them sometimes, I do think that they do a pretty good job of just, like, giving us the freedom to compete. Right. Like, they didn't have to let me and Adam go right. to play in Doha. Totally. But Well, and, did. like, they might not have let Hayden go overseas at 44 when he right. has never played internationally. Yeah. And then he and I went and won and, you know, did great. Yeah. And USA used to do a lot of really cool things. Like, they used to pay for, like, all the travel. For players, right. but, but I think they don't. <laughs> I think I, I think Will Montgomery uh, ran the funds. Oh, 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 yeah. Then, but then, like, yeah, you get guys who were just traveling and abusing it, and right, just right. getting like whacked, right, in country quotas and qualifiers. Yeah, and I remember because Hayden was like, "I wish this kid would stop traveling, so we have to play an extra match." Yeah, but so I look at comparatively speaking, I think USA is really supportive. Right. Um. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's hard to say. I don't know if there's any perfect system. Maybe it would yeah, be Yeah, I think cool. that's it. There's no perfect system or else we probably would have adapted to it. Yeah. Because the only thing that I would like to see is some kind of revenue sharing thing when a U.S. team wins a medal. Maybe if USA got like Visa as right. a sponsor, it's like every time a USA team wins a medal, we will give five grand to your federation and that trickles down to the athletes. It's like if Jake and Taylor win gold, exactly. they get 2,500 and the other 25 are trickled down to all the other athletes. So everyone wins when Team USA wins. Right. Like I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Just something that will incentivize us to help each other. Right. Like if, if this is my business that I'm running, I'm we're wasting so much value in us not helping each other. Yeah. Like when you have some of the greatest athletes players athletes on earth and yeah. they're just not going to share yeah like imagine if jake and phil helped each other which i, I mean i don't think they do right but it's lot. like having like lebron james on your team but he's not gonna help because like usa volleyball doesn't care if one team won. they want as many medals as possible so right. everyone's their team yeah you know everyone's on the lakers or whatever you know yeah but then it's like all you, within your team, only certain ones can win, so that they're not sharing that information. Yeah, I just think from a business standpoint, it's not it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's got to be another way. It's interesting because I saw it, this is not a problem exclusive to USA. Right. So one, the Russian team we played in the quarterfinals was so there, there were two teams in that whole tournament that I was impressed by. Um, the young Russian team we lost to was one of them. Where I was like going to the match, like you know, if we play this team ten times, I don't know if we'll win the majority of them. Like, the, and the blocker is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one was Ahmed and Sharif. Right. But so we, the Russian team we had trained with was like giving us a scouting report against the other Russian team. They're like they're ahead of us. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, we, that's we need you guys. Yeah. So they were like trying <laughs> to get us to beat them. Their own. That's exactly and, how like, we're you know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, man, this is so funny because me and you talk about this all the time. I've I'm thought about this from another country. I've thought about that before. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever experienced anyone else doing it or 
me doing it. But yeah. like, yeah, I've been like, go to. I mean, I know we know all the players on tour, and like, I could walk over. Hey, we play these guys all the time. Like, here, yeah, you know, I think we've probably like given them high five. Like, hey, good luck. Fucking win this shit, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, I don't know. I guess that would be pretty sketchy, right? If you did. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously not in your position where like Olympics are like a huge thing. I don't know if I could do it. Right. right exactly. <laughs> like, I wouldn't do it. I'd, I'd rather not have that on my conscience. Yeah. 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 But it was, uh, it was, it was funny to see that. Cause I was like, all right, well this is not just a USA thing. And to hear about like some of these things like the German Federation blocking its players, Poland blocking its players from playing. It was like, all right, well we have a pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And then like, yeah, you can't pick and choose like when you're going to choose to take over and have power and then not and like go within your system. So like for USA and like Sean Scott's just like, I'm not even going to consider changing anything ever. It's like, we're going by the handbook at all times. Yeah. Um, Cause if he would have pulled us out now, he opened a whole can of worms exactly. for the future and easily the other guys could come to him and be like, what? Oh, so you're going to change the rules now? Yeah. You know? And then something else comes up down the line. It's like, well, you changed the rules for that. Like, why not this? Right. So it makes sense, which is why I, I don't like really like entertaining uh, people being mad about it, but I get it too. And I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I get both sides of it because if you're came, you, know, you need to get points. It's funny because Cam and Theo, we've talked to them and they're like, we didn't really think you guys should be playing in this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? that, I mean, and that, gosh, it sucks. Because, like, I, I think that there were two really, really good teams in that qualifier. And two, like, you guys were the clear one and two seats right. in my mind. Right, right, By right. far. Yeah. And then you got Casey and Chase and, and Bill and Miles. Yeah. Who, like, you're not going to sleepwalk through them. Right. But to have you two play each other and Casey and Chase. And Chase has worked his ass off this offseason. Right. Like, I think he's playing really good volleyball. Right. And then and then Bill and Miles, who's also worked hard, but I mean Kane's an Olympian. Theo is a freak. Yeah. Um, it was just it hurt inside <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> it's like, oh no. I know. It we sucked. won the first set and then it was like they just felt loose. Like, you know, they make that one arm stab dig, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, so that's not gonna go down right now? Yeah. Okay. They're hard On top to of all against. the pressure, it's like now Kim's going to, like, you know, they're going to be winning those points. Right. The ones where the long rallies and, like, something's going to go your way or their way and it goes their way. And you're like, you hit a perfect shot wide open and you miss it by an inch. You're like, really? Yeah. It's going to be like that? The little things. Yeah. When you get the little things going for you, it's awesome. And then you add all the other stuff on top of that. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. The story is just beginning. It's just getting better. Yeah. <laughs> Way more to talk about on the Sandcast. I know. But, and it's it's really interesting because the fact that there is still a four-star happening is because the one-star went okay. And like you said, it's it's going to, every event Dude, is you should have messed something up hinge. out there. So then the whole thing just canceled. Everything stopped. Yeah, you know, I was thinking yeah. about it. I was like, you know, like, so obviously, like, hiccups were inevitable. Mm-hmm. So the, the guy who is directing the tournament 
um, also directed the Beach Major series, mm-hmm. and we were chatting with him. He actually listens to the show, and he, and he thinks it's awesome. He's like, I love hearing what players like have to say. Nice. And but he was saying that like, yeah, you know, <laughs> this event is basically a test right. to see if we could pull off the four star. Yeah. Um, so they've already moved the four star from uh, Qatar Beach to the site, which is enclosed. Right. It's like an arena, which I think is really smart. Right. Um, and they're already building out another practice court. Um, which will be ready because it's because it's Qatar, right? And they can do that. It's, it's ready. Right? <laughs> It'll be. It's um, ready in the morning. And so, but yeah, he was just like, we need to change A, B, C, D, and F because, like, even though there were only a certain like a really small number of athletes there, like there were like a fair amount of problems that if if you put it to scale for a four star, it would have been a disaster. Right. Because like telling you so to get on a flight out of Qatar, you need a negative COVID test. So we went to this drive-through facility, like every athlete in the one star, right? And uh, like three hours before the ninth-place matches were supposed to start, right? And so we get there, and like we just sat in the bus for like half an hour. Um, no one had gotten a test, and then by the time we were done testing, it was like four thirty. We we're like twenty minutes from the hotel. Hotel's thirty minutes from the oh, site. Yeah. And so, like, teams are getting there, like, 20 minutes before their match. Doing jumping jacks in the bus, <laughs> yeah. lunging around. And the Russian coach was just, she was cracking me up. Oh, for sure. She you flew like, around the world to play this match. Yeah. Oh, and, so frustrating. Yeah. Um, so, like, they identified some problems that were not catastrophic. Mm. But he was like, you know, we're going to shore these up for the four-star. And so, basically, what's going to happen is that every event is basically... So if, if, say, Ostrava wants to host an event in April, mm-hmm. well, they're going to see how Doha goes before they confirm it, right. essentially. And then if... It's great Can- for our planning. Yeah. And then if Cancun wants to go after Ostrava, they're going to wait till, to see how Ostrava goes. And Cancun's proposing a bubble, like a two-week event. Which I think is the way you should do it. Like, for I, sure. If we're going to do one, might as well just do two while the infrastructure's there. there. Yeah. And people are there. Yeah. yeah. I think that's genius. You don't even have to do it the next weekend. Like, run it back... Four days later. Yeah, and if yeah, if you have the availability, like Doha, you could run a whole season there. Right. Like. Oh, that'd be brutal. Yeah, it would be tough. <laughs> you might have to pay us a little more. <laughs> I could think of worse places. Like, I will give the hotel staff and the FIVB so much credit. I mean, there's worse places if you're going to be locked in a hotel, but yeah, I don't want to be locked in a hotel for a, a summer. <laughs> no, that would be terrible. Yeah, but yeah, that, I mean, at least were... put me at Disneyland. Like <laughs> NBA guys are complaining yeah. they're at Disneyland. Yeah, but yeah, the the hotel gym was awesome. The staff like couldn't have been any friendlier. Mm-hmm. And like the FIVB, like if we ever had a problem, like they tried to help us in whatever way they could. Right. Um, and they were like, they made us super aware of everything that was going on, and um, so it was it was as good as a test event in this new world could have gone i think right um but it was it was wild man just like watching how many just the entry list was constantly changing Mm -hmm. um everything was changing and how did you um affect your points like are you are you moving up the list so you're going to be officially on the world tour more often um no so my points i would have needed to i think of one oh really to improve your points yeah oof so me going to one star, it was but you can't lose going to a one star. 
So I wanted to go to compete. What if you got a bad finish? Wouldn't that be bad for your so four So one star is like to incentivize teams to go. Oh, they don't count? They don't count. It's like, oh, wow. so it's like, uh, it, that's how AVP next. Oh, right. They only count if it helps. So, yeah. So you can, if you win an AVP next and it benefits you, you can keep it. Right. If you get like a ninth and it doesn't benefit you. It, oh, got it, you know, got it, got it. Congratulations. Like, oh, interesting. Only for one stars. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then... For like big dog teams to play in one stars, I think you need a special exemption. Right, right. So like, like a wild card or something. Yeah. So you can't just have like you know you and Trevor like going to a one stars like a tune up. Um, like they wouldn't allow you. I think there's a right. point maximum. Mm. So that's why the host country always gets like their big teams playing. It's like why Anders and Christian play and why right. Sharif and Ahmed played, because um, the local fans want to see their their big teams. Got it. So I think it'd be so cool if the U.S. hosted a one-star. So you get four automatic main draw spots. Oh, for sure. <laughs> a, lot awesome. of, a lot of teams would want to play. Yeah. But and it, it's crazy. I was thinking about it. Like, if you're in Europe, because the teams were like Marvel. They're like, you guys came all the way to play this event. Right, yeah. What are you doing? For nothing? <laughs> but it's so close for all these other teams. Right, that's true. Like, I was talking to the Poland guys that we played, and uh, they're like, yeah, we were just like, it's just like a three-hour flight. Well, they're all down in... A lot of the Euros train in Tenerife, yeah. right? So they're all over there. Yeah. And so it was just like, it was easy. I really want to do that one of these off seasons. I think it'd be so fun. Yeah. Great training. Yeah. You and Trev had your little Hawaii training camp. Yeah. But that's just Tenerife. us. Tenerife. We don't get teams out there. Tenerife has all the teams out there. Yeah. Yeah. And they're out there for a long time, apparently. Yeah. I think they're still, I'm still seeing videos. Yeah. Because we were, um, the team that was ahead of us, these Swedish kids, uh, Aman and Helvig, mm -hmm. I was excited to see them again because I think that they're phenomenal. But they dropped out, and I, I think, to stay training in Tenerife. And I think they're in the four-star. Oh, they're in the quality? Yeah. I heard they're good. Really good. So they're going to be like uh, up-and-coming yeah. youngsters. And I, and I was surprised because I think Sweden. That, Sweden's never had a good team since I've been on tour. I know. Representing my bloodline. Dude, all these federations are starting to get pretty I wonder good. if I could have played for them. Probably. I have a lot of Swedish blood. Dude. So, and so relatives over there. I was there. thinking about, like, so Qatar, uh, their players, Sharif is from Senegal, and uh, Ahmed is from Gambia. Mm -hmm. And the two Gambian teams we played are Sharif and Ahmed's training partners. but And they were thinking about bringing them in the federation. But I think they're both, like, kind of proud to be from Gambia. So right. they just kept representing from Gambia. So they're basically Qatari players. Right. Um, the Canadian guys... One of them, his mom had lived in Canada for like a month. So he got to play for Canada because of that. Like so many people like have nothing to do with their country. Right. Like uh, Adrian, his yeah. like grandmother was Italian. Right. <laughs> no. Exactly. Brandy, Brandy could play for Switzerland, U.S. or Canada, I think, if yeah. she wants. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> funny because teams are just like, uh, I'll sign up for that one. I'll be... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll be Chinese this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was really funny. When we were in the Cook Islands, like we had a similar, uh, like Phil Dahlhauser to Qatar mm -hmm. getting recruited. Like a guy from uh, American Samoa was like, you think you're going to make it? Hey, Travis, you look Samoan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, uh, do you think it's going to be easier to make the Olympics as a uh, American or uh, American Samoa? I was like, probably Samoa. He's like, you can play for us. <laughs> it's like simple as that. You're a big guy. You're, sh you're strong. Some yeah. ones are strong. So I saw your hand set one time. <laughs> wow. 
I would, that would be amazing if I played for Samoa. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. But yeah, like most, like a lot of these athletes, like have really not much to do with the country they're competing for. Like Sharif had, hadn't even been to Qatar until he was 18. That's hilarious. Um, he's like 25 now. Crazy. So it was, it was yeah. funny. It was cool to like learn all these guys' stories because we we're all like wrapped in this bubble together. So yeah. we were just like eating dinner with Sharif one night and chatting with him For about sure. whatever. And then we were, I ate breakfast with the, the Gambian defender that we played later that night. Yeah. And just like watching, watching them was cool because I was like, well, Gambia is our three seed. Like this is a cakewalk pool. Right. And then I was like, holy shit. These guys are really good. <laughs> that is crazy. It reminded me, like, you know, when you go to a Norseka, you've been enough, and you see a team, like one of those Islander teams, it's just like all this raw talent, right. but they've yeah. never really been coached. That's yeah. what I expected right. of the Gambian guys, and me and Adam were like, well, we're going to get dunked on once or twice, but right. I think if we just pass the ball, we're going to win. And then right. I was like, oh, man, but they have ball control, and like they know how to play volleyball. Yeah. It's like, this is a surprise. And we really should have lost. We had no business winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then they... They had some ball control, but not a ton. And the next night um, was like 25 mile an hour wins. And I was like, this is a bad recipe for those guys. But they could be good. And they're one win away from their version, the African Norseka, like right. the Continental Cup from qualifying for Tokyo. So they should make it, oh, um, which hate, is pretty cool. I hate the Olympics for that. <laughs> <laughs> so they're playing in the four star. And a bunch of teams that were in the one star are actually playing in the four star. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do in the quality. Right. Lots to look forward but, to. Yeah. We're, we're started. Yeah. We the got stuff st- to talk about. It's great. We're started. We yeah. finally have a tournament to talk about. Yeah. And we'll have a lot more in two weeks. Yeah. With the four-star coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, March 8th? I'm really interested to see how um, Cam and Theo do. And I'm really interested to see how uh, Chase does. Because I think Chase is playing really. He is playing good. Really freaking yep. good. I think they'll do well. I mean, they it's a fully loaded tournament. This is a five star. Yeah. It's not a four star. Um, except for us not being there. And <laughs> Anders, I plan. Oh, Anders, he's just the one of the teams that does not need any more points. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's good. Yeah. But uh Fijalek is back. He had surgery on his shoulder, I think. Oh wow. So he's playing this is like his first tournament back in a while. Yeah. And we should Anderson's check the entry injury. list again. Yeah. I mean, it could dude, change at any time. For this one, dude, I was refreshing it like every couple hours and something different right. happened every time. Yeah. It was nutty. Love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just can't wait to, to be main draw and not there. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, after this tournament, everyone's going to have their world champs washed out. Right? Yeah. No. Next tournament, we should be okay. And then you'll be back. Yeah. So there you go. Craziness. <laughs> Well, it's good to compete again. Yeah, man. It, it felt awesome. For and sure. I like, it was so nice to have something to train for. Right. It's like all off season long, we were just like dicking around playing in little KOBs. And I was yeah. like, what are we doing? Exactly. And it was just so nice to have an event. Like I knew that like I would have needed to have basically won to have benefited. Right. But it was just like, I just want to play volleyball. Right. Exactly. It was cool. I got to go to a new country, kind of. And you're doing <laughs> field research. Yeah. For writing. And yeah. Getting to know people like, and it's just my job to be like immersed into the game. He went all the way halfway across the world to bring <laughs> you this episode, ladies and gentlemen. That is how dedicated the Sandcast is to our fan base. So make sure that you hit subscribe and share this with uh, some of your best friends who 
are also into volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect segue right there. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll have much more to talk about coming up. Yeah, for sure. Lots more volleyball coming up. And then we'll have, what, one more episode? And then we'll have a, a Doha four-star episode Yeah. after that. Sweet. We'll be back. All right, brother. All right, dude. Later on, Sankas fans. Peace. Peace.